You are listening to sermons from the pulpit of the Bible Baptist Church in Marysville, California. We hope you will be blessed as you listen to another practical message. And I hope you do believe. And there are all kinds of oppositions coming at us all the time. And we've got to hold on to that faith, our belief. Amen. All right, we are continuing our Bible study, uh, our series on identity crisis. And tonight I'm going to be dealing with a very serious one. And I pray that our minds, our hearts will be, be open. The title of the message tonight, uh, it, it has such a negative connotation, but it shouldn't. And tonight I want to I wanna speak to you on the subject, mental health. Mental health. You know, we should have mental health. That's not a bad term. And over the years, there have been such a stigma tied to that phrase that Christians avoid it as though it's not real. But it's real. You know, spiritual people can have a bad day. Spiritual people can have a really bad day. I'm talking about such a bad day that you don't want to go on. And that is not an unknown feeling by adults. It's real. Now, we've got to be aware of that. You know, in the Bible, there are spiritual people that were overwhelmed. David, the man after God's own heart, over and over and over again, he used the term overwhelmed. That term is only used in two books in the Bible, Job and Psalm. Do you know why people want to run to Psalms when they're having hard times? Because there is a connection with somebody who understands. Somebody that had skin on them. We know that God understands everything. But there's something about identifying and being able to connect with somebody that we know was a real person. And don't get all pharisaical on me. I know the Lord Jesus was a real person while he was here. But the reality is, because we know he was God, we almost feel like he didn't really experience what we experience. But our Bible tells us that he was in all points tested like as we are yet without sin. So here I want you to look at this passage of Scripture again with me, knowing what the title is. So let's go back to 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 46. And the hand of the Lord was on Elijah, and he girded up his loins and ran before Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel, and Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done, and withal how he had slain all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger unto Elijah, saying, So let the gods do to me, and more also, if I make not thy life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. And when he saw that, he arose and went for what? His life. He went for his life and came to Beersheba, which belongeth to Judah, and left his servant there. Now, this is free. This isn't part of the message. But people that are overwhelmed, they distance themselves from other people. It's the first step. It is they push away people that know them well. And here you have a servant, and Elijah, he leaves him. 
He leaves him. He separates him from himself. Verse 4, but he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness. There's a wilderness that we will find ourselves in. In wilderness, we know that there were wildernesses of judgment for Israel. There were wildernesses of temptation, Matthew 4, for the Lord Jesus. But here we find a wilderness of depression. We find a wilderness of being overwhelmed. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a juniper tree and he requested for himself that he might die. And said, Lord, it is enough. Now, O Lord, take away my life, for I am not better than my father's. A spiritual man. You know, mental health isn't all about spirituality. I was just talking to someone earlier this afternoon. And as we were talking, he conveyed to me of a young man who committed suicide. This young man, godly parents, young man who was, who was involved in ministry, serving the Lord. And if I gave his name, I would say over half of you would know his name. And this young man, as a teenager, had acne problems. And the doctor prescribed some acne medicine. And the warning was like one in 100,000 may experience suicidal thoughts. And this young man put that cream on his face. And it changed who he was. A chemical imbalance went into play. Doctors were involved. Other medicines were involved. Counseling was involved. And yet, he got to a place where he took his life. Mental health. Now, Mental health is something for elementary kids to have. I know a fifth grader raised in a godly home who took his life. Parents, the idea of they're just kids isn't honest. We have to be aware. Mental health is something that we all have to be aware of. And it's not a stigma. How many of you have ever needed help of any kind? All of us. We have all needed help. And the reality is we have to be aware of what's going on around us. And just saying, read your Bible, that pat answer isn't the answer for everything. And so tonight, I know this subject is a heavy subject, but it's real. And I believe it's one that the Lord wants me to deal with. So spiritual people have bad days. Spiritual people get discouraged. Spiritual people get overwhelmed. I'm guessing... When this prophet, Elijah, who in just uh, the previous chapter prays a 63-word prayer and calls fire down from heaven, consumes an altar, I'm guessing Elijah was a spiritual man. He walked with God. Not only did he walk with God, he talked with God. Not only did he walk with God, talk with God, God, he allowed him to talk for God. 
Elijah was somebody that was a spiritual individual. And here uh, we find Elijah not just in a bad mood. We find Elijah in a bad emotional place. He is in a bad place. And mental health is a crisis in our world today. There are so many different statistics that are out. Uh, Brother Daniel, go ahead and go to that first slide. Uh, there, one in five U.S. adults experience mental illness. One in five. 20% have been diagnosed. That's not talking about all those who have not been diagnosed. One in 25 adults experience serious mental illness. 17% of six-year-olds through 17-year-olds have been diagnosed with mental illness. That is a huge number. It's a huge number. And we say, well, that isn't our kids. That isn't what going on in our home. That is, that's the world. But the reality is, all of us have problems. And the dealing of those problems and how to work with those problems, it's, it's very real. And we have, we have got to be on guard with that. And so here you have uh, 17% of six-year-olds through 17-year-olds. Uh, the statistics... Uh, someone just shared a statistic with me today, and 30% of all men have been molested. 30%. The number is at 70% for women. Now, that is unbelievable. You know what that tells me? That just tells me there is so much trauma in this world. And as the moral fabric of our nation continues to decay, what we find is sin that has always been there is abounding. It's abounding. And with that abounding sin, you have abounding injury. And with that abounding injury, you have abounding trauma. And with that trauma that is there, uh, there ends up being uh, uh, a mental uh, strain and pressure. And we have to learn how to deal uh, with this area. Mental health is a crisis in our world today. Go ahead and go to that next slide if you would. I don't know if you can see this. It is just percentage after percentage after percentage uh, of, of injury. Uh, go back to the first slide, Brother Daniel. Uh, this, this one here says, uh, let's see here, in the last 12 months, uh, mental illness, just in the last 12 months, 19% of all adults uh, in just in the last 12 months have had a mental illness uh, uh, issue. Uh, it goes down. The, the, uh, uh, the last one there on the bottom, it is dealing with the lesbian, gay, bisexual adults, 37%. The mental illness can, can, uh, that is connected with the LGBTQ lifestyle, uh, and this is not a Christian publication. This is put out by NAMI, the National Alliance of Mental Illness. And so this is, this is the world saying these are the statistics of mental illness and those that are living an alternative uh, sinful lifestyle, uh, they 37% of them uh, are having mental illnesses. And so that's just dealing with the last uh, 12 months. Uh, go to that next slide. And it goes through here. Uh, let's see here. Next one, is there three? There we go. All right. So here you have uh, percentages, uh, and it starts here with males on the left. So the men to the left here, and the bottom one, the blue one, is they reported a fair mental status. This is in 2021. They reported a fair mental status uh, of men. So on the left, just a little over 20% was fair or poor. 
All right, so fair and poor, the blue is fair and poor. Uh, then uh, went up to, uh, to good, and then the third column is excellent. The, the women, uh, the fair and pool, uh, or poor, uh, so really it's fair and below. That increases with ladies, telling us that ladies are more apt to have uh, uh, not as uh, stable, uh, more apt to have a, a poor uh, mental health, and then good, and then excellent. It wasn't, or they're just more honest than the guys, one of the two. Uh, then you get to the last one, and again, this is not a Christian publication. Uh, the world is tying this in with the mental health, and this is the gender identity crime. So those that were fair, poor, fair and poor, so the bottom, the worst mental stability, they are the highest. Going to good, it is just the reverse. So for those that are, that are, uh, that are not identifying and as a, a uh, alternative lifestyle or in a, uh, a sinful uh, lifestyle there uh, with homosexuality, uh, you know, those without that, it goes from a, a lower health strength and it continues to get better. So for men and for ladies, the percentage that are in a good state of mind, an excellent state of mind, is, is higher. But it is just the opposite. You know, the devil always gives us the opposite. He's a counterfeit. He's a liar. He's the one that's telling you, I'm going to give you everything. And what they end up receiving is that recompense of their error. But that recompense of their error is not just physical health. It is also mental health and mental well-being. So go ahead and slip off of those. So tonight we're going to look at this uh, with mental health. Uh, so, so take your Bibles, go to 3 John. 3 John. Third John, chapter number three. There we go. Third John, just kidding. All right, third John, verse number two. Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and what? Be in health even as thy soul prospereth. You know what? When we talk about our soul prospering in the Bible, you have your mind, your heart, and your soul. All three of those are interchangeable. When God's talking about our heart, he is not talking about this muscle in our chest that's pumping blood. He is talking about the seed of emotions. And where is that seed of emotions? It is in your mind. When the Bible is talking about our soul, he is talking about the real you. That is your, your personality, uh, who you are as an individual. And that is not just the body that, uh, that, that you have. It is the person that lives within that who is in your mind. That is who you are. So mind and soul and heart, uh, they are all connected. And here, uh, Paul or John was writing, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prosperous. The Lord wants us to be in health. The Lord wants us to have a good frame of mind. The Lord wants us to have joy. When you do not have Good mental health, you do not have joy. You don't have joy. The Lord said, I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. The Lord wants us to enjoy this life that he has given to us. It is not a journey to just be endured. It is a life to be lived, to enjoy. The Lord wants us to have that. 2 Timothy 1.7, for God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of love and of power and of a sound mind. A sound mind. Now, somebody like Elijah, I would say Elijah had a sound mind, right? Okay, so this is a season. It's a season. 
it wasn't that Elijah was a terrible person. Elijah went through a season. And in that season, he found himself overwhelmed. He found himself discouraged. He found himself in a bad place. You know, we've, we're going to be there if we haven't already. There are people that are here tonight that you would not have any idea that they have fought with mental illness. We have people that are here that have been institutionalized. But you would not know. Unless they told you. You know why? It was a season. And it's not who they are. There's victory. There's hope. Hope. You know, the Lord never leaves us without hope. That's, that is so important for us to grab a hold of. Because there are times when you will find yourself overwhelmed and you will feel like there is nobody there. David, when he had 300 men, his mighty men, followed him, became fugitives from King Saul, and, and uh, followed him out into the wilderness, fat, fat, followed him to where he was a, he was a uh, they were all refugees running, uh, they were traitors to the crown, and now they're in the cave of Adullam. And you know what David says? He said, no man cared for my soul. He had 300 men. They left everything to be with him. He said, all men forsook me. He said, no man cared for my soul. You can be around people and still be overwhelmed. You can be around people that love you, care for you, and you can still feel like you are by yourself. That's reality. So, We've got, to, we've got to learn some things here that will help us. I want you to get your Bibles out. We're, gonna, we're not going to look at all of them in Psalms, but I want you to see some verses tonight, and I want you to highlight them uh, so you can just uh, come back to them and uh, find some help and some strength. Uh, so go to Psalm 61, verse number 2. Psalm 61, 2. Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Psalm 61, verse 2. The Bible says, From the end of the earth will I cry unto thee when my heart is overwhelmed. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. You know what? When you're overwhelmed, you feel like the, the ocean is just coming in waves over the top of you. You feel like you are getting buried. And you know what? Here the, the uh, psalmist said, I'm going to cry unto you when I am overwhelmed. And he said, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Lead me to a place that is above my situation. You know what? The Lord is that rock. And he is the one that will help us in any trial. Go to Psalm 77. Psalm 77 and verse number 3. Psalm 77, 3. The Bible says, I remembered God and was troubled. I complained and my spirit was over." Overwhelmed. Uh, here, there was there was a troubling that was there. There was a overwhelming uh, situation that the psalmist was going through. Go to Psalm one forty two, and verse number three. Psalm one forty two. Psalm one forty two, verse number three. When my spirit was overwhelmed within me, then thou knewest my path. In the way wherein I have walked, have they privily laid a snare for me. You know what? The Lord knows our path. He knows every step we're going to take. And he knows when we are overwhelmed. Being overwhelmed is one of life's battles.
It's normal. You know, there is, there is no shame in being human. I'm not saying excuse sin. I'm just saying there is a reality that God knows our frame. He knows that we're dust. Bible says that all flesh is as grass. You know what he's saying? All flesh is very fragile, very frail, and it doesn't last very long. You know, with this, being overwhelmed, it's something that we will find ourselves in, in our life. The battle is not, how do I not become overwhelmed? The battle is, how do I deal with being overwhelmed? You better have a plan. You better have a strategy. We can't choose when it's going to come, but it's going to come. You know, we train our military to respond in a given situation when that situation is not going on. Why? So they know how to act if that situation arises. We do that with our firefighters. We do that with our law enforcement. Uh, they walk through scenarios over and over and over again. Why? So they will know how to respond when they are presented with that situation. And the reality is there's coming a time where we are going to find ourselves overwhelmed. We're going to find ourselves discouraged. I'm not saying we're all going to be at a spot like, like uh, Elijah where he's praying that God God will just kill him. Uh, I'm just saying that we are all going to find ourselves overwhelmed. And when we find ourselves in that position, we, know, we need to know uh, what things we can do. So go back to Psalm 61. Psalm 61. I've got three points. Maybe four. Or five. Psalm 61, 2. What, what do I do? Number one, pray. Pray. Psalm 61, 2, From the end of the earth will I cry unto thee when my heart is overwhelmed. We need to pray. There is one person who can help you with everything. Amen. And that's God. Now, the reality is God uses other people as well. But we need to come to God. When you find yourself going that direction, you need to do something about it. There, there are people that are more prone to being depressed than others. Is that chemical makeup? Is that the influences that they have had since they were a child? Was it the role models that they, they watched and how they responded to pressures and problems? I don't know exactly what it is, but I do know that some people are more prone to being depressed. So if that's the case, then you need to have some things that you implement in your life that help you. And one, one main thing is we've got to come to God. He is the great physician, and he loves you unconditionally. Unconditionally. You know, we got to grab a hold of that. You know, there's some things that we just know, but we haven't really embraced. We can have the right answer, but it doesn't mean that we know how to live the right answer. And so pray. Uh, the Lord is the one that can help us uh, when we are in a bad place emotionally. First Kings chapter 19, going back to our text, uh, verse 3, And when he saw that, uh, he arose and went for his life and came to Beersheba. What did he see? He saw that Jezebel was 
going to have him killed. Uh, so here he said, by tomorrow, Jezebel said, by tomorrow, you are going to be like those prophets that Elijah was responsible for uh, being killed, those false prophets. And so when he saw that, when he knew that that was the case, he arose and went for his life and came to Beersheba, which belonged to Judah, and left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a juniper tree and he requested for himself that he might die and said, It is enough. Now, O Lord, take away my life, for I am not better than my father's. Elijah was having an honest discussion with God. You know, we, we talk to God as though we're telling him what we know we're supposed to say. We're we know how we should feel, and so we tell God about how we know we should be feeling instead about how we're, we are feeling. He was, he was having an honest discussion with God. You know, we've got to be honest with God. But we won't be honest with God if we're not honest with ourselves. You know, there's, we have so much pride. We have so much pride. And it keeps us from getting the, having the relationship with the Lord that's available to us, as well as from getting the help that we need. Now, Elijah here didn't attempt to take his life. But that's how he felt. He wasn't doing anything to promote that position, but that's how he felt. And he was communicating uh, how he felt to God. Uh, he talked to God about it. The Lord was not going, and the Lord's response, the Lord wasn't encouraging him to go a bad direction. You know what? When we talk to the Lord, we already know what the Lord wants us to do so many times. We find ourselves in positions where we have decisions to make and we think the Lord's going to send us an email and just tell us what to do next. I sure wish he would do that. It would have been a lot easier. A whole lot clearer. But that's not how he, that's not how he works. But we do know that he is going to communicate according to his will. His will has been revealed to us. So many of the things that we know he would want us to do, we already know it. Sort of like as a child, you're home by yourself, and mom and dad said, don't eat the cookies. Boy, I want to eat the cookies. And I'm with you. I want to eat the cookies. And you go through the day, haven't eaten the cookies. A little bit later, you walk by, you grab that cookie jar, you reach in. Does mom and dad want me to eat that cookie? No, better not. Asking yourself, what would mom or dad want you to do? You don't have their mind, but you pretty much always know what they would want you to do. And in life, spiritually speaking, we pretty much know what God would want us to do. The Christian life is not a mystery. And God doesn't want us to have that, that uh, mystery. He wants us to, to know him. Uh, so the Lord wasn't going to encourage Elijah to do harm to himself. God is the giver of life. Life is a gift. And life does have hurts. And life does have injuries. And life does have disappointments. Uh, but we've got to go to God with them. Go to God with them. So first of all, pray. Number two, eat and get rest. Eat and get rest. First Kings again, go to chapter 19, verse 5. 
1 Kings 19, 5. And, he, and as he lay and slept under the juniper tree, behold, then an angel touched him and said unto him, what are those next three words? Arise and eat. You know what? That's a great term. You know, you wake up, rise and eat. Rise and eat. Uh, and here, what was it? He was in a bad mental state. And what did God send to him? Food and rest. Food and rest. We, we need to take admonition. We've got we've to know where we are at. How did God deal with this man who was struggling? God didn't quote scripture at him. Looking at somebody that's having a bad day and telling, quoting Romans 8, 28 to them, it's not going to help. It's not going to help. What did they need? He needed, he needed rest. He needed food. God knows what we need. And part of taking care of our mental health is taking care of our physical health. When we abandon our physical health, we are also setting ourselves up to have problems with our mental health. So here, uh, God gives him, uh, supplies this need, uh, need for him. He said, arise and eat, verse 6. And he looked, and behold, there was a cake baking on the coals. And I don't think it was, I think it was a chocolate cake. Uh, I don't know what kind of cake, uh, but uh, uh, it wasn't some bland thing. It was going to be a good cake, I tell you that. Uh, and a cruise of water at his head, and he did eat and drink and laid him down again. There was that food, that water, that rest. They're needed to be able to have a good frame of mind. So the Lord supplied that food and that drink. Look at verse number 7. And the angel of the Lord came again the second time and touched him and said what are those next three words arise and eat and he did eat and drink and went in the strength of that meat 40 days and 40 nights into Horeb uh, the mount of God uh, the Lord supplied food and drink that second time you know we can get ourselves we we may find ourselves overwhelmed and it doesn't always go away immediately. You have to continue doing what you know you need to get that desired result. And here, that food, that water, that rest, uh, that was God's recipe for helping his prophet. God didn't want Elijah to stay in that spot. And so here he is trying to help him, uh, and he gave him uh, that strength, uh, that, uh, that food. And so, uh, so here then we find Elijah then uh, going into a place. He's on Mount Horeb. Uh, he is going to spend 40 days with God, and that, that uh, season with the Lord, uh, we find him getting the rest that was needed for the, the, the journey ahead. So, first of all, we see pray. Secondly, eat, get rest. Uh, thirdly, get up and go on. Get up and go on. Don't, don't isolate yourself. You and I, we need people. God has made us a social being. Why has so much of the mental health issues uh, escalated and exploded in the last, uh, last two years. Why? Because of isolation. We've got children coming into school who have never been apart from mom or dad. Never. You know what kind of anxiety that creates? All kinds of anxiety. And our teachers are doing a phenomenal job working through that. But it's a reality. God's, God's made us social people. 
uh, but we, we need to have uh, that interaction. So uh, we need to get up and go on. Go back to 1 Kings 19, verse 9. And he came thither unto a cave and lodged there, and behold, the word of the Lord came to him, and he said unto him, What doest thou here, Elijah? Uh, this question is a question where God is saying, Listen, I've helped you through. I've given you what you need. Now let's go. What are you doing here? Uh, this period of time, uh, at least 40 days has passed uh, beyond this um, multiple days. And he said, I have been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts, for the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant, thrown down thine altar, slain thy prophets with the sword, and I, even I only, am left, and they seek my life to take it away. What was going on? He was still meditating on uh, the problem that he had that put him into a bad place. And let me tell you, if we are going to get out of a bad place, uh, we've got to stop thinking about uh, the problem that has caused us to go in that bad place. We've got to not meditate and muse on that. And the Lord here is going to call him out for this. Uh, he said, verse 11, and he said, go forth and stand upon the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by and a great strong wind rent the mountains and break in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after, uh, and after the fire, a still, small voice. And it was so, when Elijah heard it, that he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood in the entering of the cave. And behold, there came a voice unto him and said, Elijah, what doest thou here? Elijah. You know, God doesn't want us to stay in that bad place. God worked all kinds of miracles on behalf of Elijah. The angel showed up twice. That spiritual meat that he was given, it gave him strength for 40 days. And Mount Horeb, I'm guessing in that 40 days of Mount Horeb, scholars believe that Mount Horeb and Mount Sinai were the same location. The place where God was going to give uh, Moses the Ten Commandments, Elijah's on that same mount. And here we find this man leaving that spot, but he's still hanging on to that fear, still hanging on to that enemy that caused him to go to a very bad place. You know, we, we need to find ourselves in God's presence. Now, that was all introduction. I told you I had several points, but those weren't them. All right? I'll be quick. Be honest with yourself. If you're in a bad place, be honest with yourself. You've got to know it. Don't let yourself run down that path and think that you're going to just be able to get back out. Be honest enough with yourself. If you're going down a path that you know is not good, be honest with yourself. Where are you in your mental health? Are you in a place where you need some outside help? If you need help, get it. Get it. Don't ignore it. You find yourself in a spot where you need some help, call. Technology is everywhere. My phone is always on. I mean, just this last week, I was getting calls from missionaries at 1.30 in the morning. The 
The reality, no, I don't want, I'm not asking people to call me at 1.30 in the morning. But if you're in that spot, I want you to call me. You're in that spot and you feel like you need some help. Call, call your pastor, call a friend. If they are a friend, they're not going to judge you because you're in a bad spot. They want you to call them. You know what the worst thing in the world is? Is being at a funeral and hearing people say over and over again, I've heard friends, I've heard siblings, I've heard parents say, why did they not call me? You find yourself in a bad spot. Call. Call. Call your pastor. Call a friend. Call the hotline. Call a mental hotline hotline. You say, well, I can't tell anybody that I know. Then pick up the phone and call the hotline. So I don't know the number, 911. Call 911. Get help. Don't ignore it. I know this is a serious topic and it if it's not hitting home it should be if this isn't bringing any reality in your life you are oblivious to what's going on around you in yourself in your spouse in your friends We've got, we've got to wake up. Just coming into church and saying, how you doing? Good. Good doesn't mean good. Well, they said they were good. We, we've got to be a little bit more aware than that. So be honest with yourself. Secondly, are you doing what you know to do for your own mental health? Not everything needs to get to the place where Elijah was. Being honest with ourselves, and then saying, you know what? Boy, I need to start doing a few things that I know I should be doing. Am I eating right? Am I getting rest? Exercise? Exercise is a great stress reliever. I don't do any of it, but uh, it is supposed to be a good stress reliever. So for our mental health, our spiritual health, food, rest, exercise, feeding our soul, Bible, prayer, preaching, music, church, what are things that we are doing? Are we putting people, are we surrounding ourselves with good people? that will help us, sharpen us. So are we doing what we know to do for our mental health? And then thirdly, look out for one another. Look out for one another. Somebody's temperament changes? Have an honest conversation with them. Have an honest conversation. Within the last three weeks, I know... I know at least four times where I've stopped somebody and I've asked them, how are you doing? Oh, preacher, I'm... No, what's going on? Something's not right. How are you doing? You know, as friends, we need to be willing to... to have that hard conversation. Why? Because everybody has struggles. And we, we, need to, we need to be aware. How are your kids doing? We just, we need to be aware. Where are we at? You know, we, 
We have such high expectations of our kids. We know they're not perfect, but we expect them to be perfect. Because they know better. Well, they knew they weren't supposed to do that. Yeah, and you knew that you weren't supposed to speed. Well, (laughs) there are a lot of things that we do that we know we weren't supposed to do, but we give ourselves a pass. We We don't give that pass to our kids. Maybe it's a child, maybe it's a teenager, spouse, a friend, a family member. Have some honest questions. How are you doing? What's going on? We can't force anybody to talk. But we need to try to help them talk. Because that's where they're going to get the help they need. Elijah found himself in a very bad place. David found himself in being overwhelmed and in a bad place. Job said, it was better for me had I not even been born. Moses, God said, he told God to just kill him. Over and over and over again, good people can have a bad frame of mind. And it doesn't mean that they're bad. It doesn't mean that they're unspiritual. They probably know more Bible than you know. It's a season. There might be something chemically going on. That's a reality. We have got to be honest with this thing called mental health. Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as thy soul prospereth. Heavy message tonight, but needed. Mental health. We, need, we want to have mental health. Well, let's be proactive in this area. Let's be aware of where we're at. Let's be aware of those that we are around. Why? Because we don't want people to be in that bad place. We don't want people to be overwhelmed. We want to try to help them get beyond that and enjoy the life that God has given to them. Father, I pray that you'd help us. Thank you for your goodness to us, for your word, uh, the power that's there. And I pray that you would help us, Lord, not to be so proud to uh, hide the fact that we have struggles in our own lives. And so I pray that you would just work in our midst. May our church be strengthened. May our people be helped. May those that we influence uh, be helped because of this message. And so I pray that you just use it in the lives of these here tonight, those watching online, and those to see it to come. For Christ's sake, amen. Let's stand together. We're gonna have a Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed our service. If you would like to hear more, visit our website at bbc4me.org. That's bbc4me.org. May God bless you.